Money FM 89.3, the best of your money. Read with your money, only on Money FM 89.3. How are global entrepreneurs out innovating Silicon Valley? We're going to find out with Alex Lazaro. He's in the studio with us. He's the man behind the new book, Out Innovate. Alex is a venture capitalist with Cathay Innovation. He's a Kaufman Fellow and a graduate of Harvard Business School. So tell us, what is your day job, Alex? What's the day job? Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. It's uh, an absolute pleasure. Um, so by day, I'm a venture capitalist. I run, uh, I run a VC fund. It's called Fluent Ventures. I've been uh, doing venture for about a decade. Um, and I invest in early stage startups, um, mostly seed, series A, and early series Bs in fintech, e-commerce, and digital health. All right. So you've really got your finger on the pulse of the fintech world and the world of startups as a whole. And tell us why you wanted to write this book. You know, it's interesting. You know, my day job is I'm a VC. Uh, on the side, I also taught entrepreneurship at the Middlebury Institute for International Studies. And in both those setups, I was getting really frustrated because I wanted to share about what the reality was to on how to scale stars and what I was observing on the front lines. And yet everything we, I felt collectively knew about how to build startups was centered in a time and a place, Silicon Valley and today. And for a very particular type of asset light, software-based startup that wants to grow extraordinarily fast. Mm-hmm. And yet around the world, what I was observing is the best entrepreneurs were not just challenging many of those conventional wisdoms on how to do that, they were actually reinventing startup best practice. And so the catalyst for this was starting to have some of those conversations and trying to document what the best entrepreneurs, you know, uh, founders of some of the biggest companies that have exited or what have you, did to scale their businesses from zero to, to exit and, and that unique playbook. What about the Silicon Valley playbook do you think that the whole world seems to be enamored with? I mean, is there still a fixation on the Silicon Valley model as a way to build a successful business? And what really needs to be relooked there? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. In, in some ways, I think Silicon Valley was a place and, you know, physically, right, the valley below San Francisco to San Jose. I think now is more of an idea, philosophy. Um, Innovation is really globalized. We talk about that. Um, But I think the thing that has been, that has worked there is there's an ecosystem where um, founders have built companies, those founders come back and help support the next generation, scale those. But the thing that has been enamored is it's, there's a playbook as well on how to do it. The playbook of growth at all costs, move fast and break things, build your team and, and everything locally in Silicon Valley. Although that started to change a little bit. An entire way and approach that has worked extraordinarily well for a very specific ecosystem, one with a massive local market with tons of venture capital funding, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and I think that's one of the reasons we, I think, as an industry have said, hey, look, there's Silicon Valley for X, the Silicon Savannah in Africa or the Silicon... Names, by the way, I, I really dislike. I, I actually think the way to scale it looks different. But I think that's the reason we've been enamored historically. Really interesting. So what are the key differences that you are observing that entrepreneurs in Delhi or entrepreneurs in Beijing are doing differently? And what does your book draw attention to in terms of what different investors all around the world may be paying more attention to? You know, I, I would separate two levels of differences. One is problem selection. The types of problems that the best entrepreneurs are selecting to tackle, and then two, the way they build their businesses. Maybe we start with the, the first one, which is this notion of what people do. In Silicon Valley, I think people are obsessed with this notion of disruption. You're either disrupting or being disrupted. And that isn't just a semantic thing. It's actually in problem selection. You look for something where there's an industry that exists and try to disrupt it with software, a more efficient, cheaper, faster solution. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. One of the things that I've observed that happens um, in Southeast Asia, but also around the emerging markets, is that the best entrepreneurs are creators. They are finding a gap in the market that is underserved or not served at all by incumbents and using technology to do a product or service to tackle a mass market issue, not a top, top, top of the pyramid issue, but something that affects real world uh, folks um, in the region. And, uh, and, and that approach tends to be in industries, you know, in fintech, in health, and things like that, that really touch real people's lives. So I think the problem selection one is the starting point where I've seen a big difference. Can you share an example of a very particular problem that isn't a top of the pyramid um, sort of problem that you've seen yeah, entrepreneurs well, tackle? I'll, I'll give you one numerical example, which mm-hmm. is, um, and, and, and the numbers are a little bit dated from the book, but in Silicon Valley, if you looked at the unicorns that were created, less than 20% of them were in uh, things that were mass market, financial services, health, education, like core industries on Maslow's hierarchy. Yep. Um, when I looked at it in Sub-Saharan Africa, it was over 60%. But even within a similar business model, and I'll give you one Southeast Asia example. Okay. Even in a similar business model, actually the way entrepreneurs are tackling the problem looks different. So think ride-sharing. Right? Like ride-sharing started in uh, Silicon Valley, think of the Uber model. Um, but when I interviewed uh, Nadim back in the day of Gojek, um, the way he talked about the vision for the business was, mm-hmm. you know, in the morning I'll drive people to work, in the evening people would get a ride home. Um, but during the day, right, we'll deliver food. The, dr- the drivers will be cash-in, cash-out agents, uh, mobile money checkout points that drive financial inclusion to the market, uh, taking inspiration, actually, from a totally different model in many ways, the super apps from, from China. Um, but same business model, but much more of a mass market solution that tackles real-world needs um, in, in those markets. So I, I, th- I think this, this problem selection point is a real, real one. Really interesting. You also talked about two dimensions of differences, mm-hmm. problem selection and how they grow their yeah. businesses. And a lot of businesses in Asia, you say, may not have the same access to venture capital. Yeah. And so they have to do things differently. They have to create a lot of things that um, they may not have access to. Yeah. Can you share some examples of how they're building differences, building businesses differently? I, I would say first, the, the, the good news is despite all the noise that's happened around tech and venture today, mm-hmm. the broader trend is positive, like a globalization of where venture capitals or venture capital dollars are getting deployed. More and more is happening in Southeast Asia. I think that trend will have some blips, but it's going to continue. But um, one of the things that I've observed is that the best entrepreneurs outside Silicon Valley, including in Southeast Asia, the ones that have really scaled meaningful businesses and created a ton of value, have used a playbook of what I call the camel. So instead of the unicorn, bullet scale, growth at all costs, where it's okay to subsidize uh, user acquisition, it's okay to have bad unit economics in mm. service of growth, mm-hmm. what I've observed is the best entrepreneurs charge for the value that they create. They manage costs. They don't let burn get ahead of their skis. Um, they try to really build the foundation. And, and by the way, they can then choose to raise venture capital if they want or not, but they do it from a position of strength. And I've seen this playbook of building, yeah, I call it building camels, but resilient, sustainable businesses from the get-go. I've seen that as one of the differentiators of, of kind of the playbook that I, that I talk about in the book um, uh, that I've seen scale. Given there's so many new frontiers uh, to build successful yeah. businesses from, uh, are there still common lessons that any entrepreneur reading your book can pick up? Yeah, I would say, um, you know, by the way, when I, when I wrote the book, and I think you, you make the point really well, like, one, the frontier itself is very heterogeneous. And so in some ways, I make the argument that the best entrepreneurs outside Silicon Valley have more in common to each other than, than they do with those in Silicon Valley. But the book, in some ways, is more of a 
it isn't a recipe. Yeah. Um, like follow these things and you'll be yeah. successful. It's more of a menu. Like mm-hmm. pick the ones that resonate for your market. Um, but notwithstanding that, I would say, you know, we talked about the camel. I really believe in that. I think second, um, I, I think how people build teams, this focus on uh, distributed teams, building uh, around eight players, trying to look for folks uh, outside the core centers. I've seen that be very successful. I think third, and I think very relevant to the Southeast Asia uh, market, is building a muscle to be born global, building a product, a culture, an organization that can scale across markets very quickly and an adaptability. So I think those are some of the lessons that I've seen work in a repeatable way across a bunch of different ecosystems, but I think applicable here as well. As a venture capitalist, what interests you in terms of sectors and areas in Southeast Asia? I'll say, you know, life is too short. Uh, I, I really like focusing on uh, problems of kind of that really affect real people's lives that have impact in them. Um, and so as I think about where I gravitate to as an investor, it's to solve problems like financial inclusion, mm-hmm. like health inclusion. Um, and, and in the world of e-commerce, it's actually kind of in, in some ways digital inclusion. But how do, you, how do you actually offer lower cost, affordable access to a vari- variety of things? That's kind of the meta theme of what I'm spending time on. Um, and tactically, that means consumers and small businesses uh, type solutions is where I'm, where I'm investing today. Alex, thank you so much for joining us on Read. Before we let you go, we always ask all authors to come on this show to pay it forward in terms of reading. So what are you reading? Oh, I'll tell you, um, uh, I've got three books on the go. I'm I'm more (laughs) of a parallel reader than I'm a serial reader. But three books that I really like um, right now, uh, one is The Song of the Cell by Siddhartha Mukherjee. I think Mm -hmm. it's excellent. The second is The Wizard and the Prophet. Uh, which is really about the philosophies around environmentalism. And the last one is Americana, uh, which is the history of the United States from the lens of capitalism. So those are three books I'm reading today. Thank you so much for adding to our book list. Alex Lazaro is author of Out Innovate. Pleasure meeting you. Thank you so much for having me. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.